we want to start with just two simple definitions and then, and then kind of look at the definitions uh, as Paul prays about them uh, in Ephesians 3, 14 and following. The, the first definition is the word power. Everybody say power. It's a VBS thing. I don't know. I'm just like, I'm in the echo mode, right? So uh, power, power is the ability to do something. Just plain and simple, the ability to do something. And then uh, the, the other word or definition is love. Everybody say love. Yeah, so love is like a, a deep affection for something or someone. Now, um, if you've been here before, uh, you, you've probably heard a different definition with a little bit more substance and a little bit more meaning. I just gave you the, like, the Webster English definition, right? But we're going to just kind of go with it today. Uh, love is a deep affection for something or someone. Okay, so... First type of person that we want to think about is a stranger. Everybody say stranger. A stranger is by definition somebody that is not very powerful and not very loving. The truth is that they might be both powerful, meaning they're able to do a lot of things, and they might be loving. They might have a deep affection for you or for something, but the, the reality is that we don't know because we don't know them. They are, by definition, a stranger, and so uh, as we interact with them, as we uh, are, are seeing them or, or um, in relationship with them, we would say they're not very powerful and they're not very loving. They're not really able to help you, and they likely wouldn't help you even if they could. Um, you and a stranger cross paths for just a moment, and then the moment passes, and you both kind of likely move on. Um, a stranger doesn't likely continue to pay attention to you. Um, a, a stranger doesn't seem to care all that much about you at all. Um, they, they may have the capacity to love, but they don't actually love you. Most strangers, most of the time, you wouldn't actually turn to for help, for love. Uh, if you are grumpy and having a bad day, anybody ever grumpy and having a bad day? Occasionally, right? Uh, if you're grumpy and having a bad day, you would likely not turn to a stranger for love. Oh, give me a hug, right? If you're having a problem and you need help, you would likely not turn first to a stranger for that help. So um, here's a question, and, and we're going to ask this question three or four different times as we walk through the course of, of this reflection. Um, how often do we treat God like a stranger? Second type of person, and this is not meant to be offensive, is a grandparent. There's a couple of grandparents up there in the booth, and so I'm using this very carefully because one of them could mute me very easily. So please don't be offended by this, but, but when I say grandparent, um, a, a grandparent is another type of person, and what we would say is that they have lots and lots and lots of love to give. They love you no matter what, but they might not seem all that powerful. Now, again, uh, just take that with a grain of salt, right? I'm not, uh, in, in the Bible, like, the older you are, the better you are, right? You're more wise and you're more respected. You're more uh, adored by the community. Um, so uh, just kind of take that with a grain of salt. Don't be offended, please. Um, but, but man, uh, grandparents, they, they've got lots of love, maybe not all that powerful, um, you know that a grandparent cares about you. They pay attention to you. Uh, they send you gifts. 
They text you if they're hip and cool. They call. Uh, you are confident that they would want to help you in your moment of need. But you're not sure that they actually can. Uh, maybe their advice is always a little bit dated or old-fashioned. Maybe their stuff in and around their house is more like antiques. Maybe their physical weakness and their glasses and their hearing aids and their hair loss all communicate to you, not powerful, can't help me. Uh, sometimes we need a grandparent um, when we need unconditional love. We turn to a grandparent. Uh, when things aren't going right, when you have messed up, when the pressure is on, we need those grandparents to be there. Lots of love to give. A grandparent is a very interesting person because they are very loving. They have unconditional love for you, but they might not seem all that powerful. So, uh, same question as before, but just a little bit different. How often do you treat God like a grandparent. Man, he sure loves me. He can't really help. How often do you treat God like a grandparent? Uh, the next type of person would maybe be a, a president. And again, not trying to be political or offensive here. You could insert boss. You could insert king. Just kind of go with the analogy as we're uh, saying it. A president is somebody that is very powerful. Um, they have lots of strings that they can pull on your behalf. Uh, they have a reputation for doing powerful things that, that help people. But usually a president, this type of person, is distant. They're uninvolved, in your life at least. It, it feels like they are unloving. You don't know them at a personal heart level, uh, and they likely don't know you at a personal heart level level. Sometimes presidents or bosses or kings have this reputation for being selfish. They're just in it for themselves and maintaining their power. They don't seem to actually care about you. They might care about people in general. They might care about your people group, but they don't care about you. When do you need a president? You need a president when you need something to get done. Um, when you've got a hard task in front of you. When you're about to fight a battle or a war, you need a president. A president is very interesting. They are, they are powerful, but maybe not all that loving, at least as we perceive them. Uh, same question as the other ones. How often do you treat God like a president? I sure hope he'll help me, but I'm not sure that he will because I don't think, I'm not sure that he actually, actually loves me. A stranger is not loving and they are not powerful. A grandparent is loving, but they're not all that powerful. A president is not loving, but they are powerful. God is loving and powerful. God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit is both loving and powerful. This is what Paul has been saying for three chapters, it's kind of interesting. The book of Ephesians is divided. That was, that was like the longest intro ever, right? Just stick with me. This is all going to kind of make sense. Um, uh, this is what Paul's been saying for three chapters. Uh, the book of Ephesians is kind of divided uh, into two sections, chapters one to three and chapters four to six. And so this is at the end of chapter three. Paul has been saying for three chapters now that God is both completely, totally loving 
and completely, totally powerful. If you go all the way back to chapter 1, we're just going to kind of list this in summary. These are all the things, right, that, that Paul is hoping we can grasp. All the different ways that God shows us love. God is totally and completely loving. Um, uh, Paul prays right here in this little prayer, in this little section. He prays that, that, that the people would know God's love, that they would experience God's love, even though it is unknowable. Um, he prays that they would know more about God's love, even though it is so big that they'll never know everything that there is to know about it. Uh, Paul prays that they would grasp the full dimensions of God's really big love, its, its breadth, its length, its height, its depth. Um, earlier in the book, uh, Paul talks about all the ways that God has shown us love, right? He's, he's given us every spiritual blessing. Um, he has chosen us before the foundation of the world. And chapter 2 would tell us he didn't choose us when we were like the best kid with the best grades and the best reputation. No, he chose us when we were stinkers, right? He chose us when we were awful kids. We were getting the horrible grades and we were showing complete disrespect to him. God chose us before the foundation of the world. God predestined us for adoption into his family. God redeemed us. It means that he, that, that he paid some kind of price to buy us back from sin, death, and the devil. Um, God forgives us. He gives us an inheritance. Uh, God has made us alive with Christ. Uh, God raised us up to heaven with Christ. God has seated us with Christ at his right hand. Uh, God has shown us kindness in Christ. God has saved us. He's brought us close to him. He's united us to him and to others. Paul says that over and over and over again. Did you get all those? God loves us unconditionally. He has a deep, deep passion, a deep affection for you. God is absolutely, totally, and completely loving. And at the same time, God is absolutely, totally, and completely powerful. And again, he's been saying this uh, since chapter one. Um, uh, God made a plan before the foundation of the world. Maybe that doesn't sound like a big deal to you, but, but just a quick show of hands. How many of you made a plan for anything this past week? How many of you made any kind of plan this past week? And how many of you had that plan work out exactly to perfection the way you wanted it to work out? Good for you. Not too many of us, right? God made a plan before the foundation of the world, and guess what? God made that plan and he executed that plan perfectly. Everything happened exactly as he said and planned that it would. He's totally and completely and absolutely powerful. Um, then God revealed that plan uh, because we're just a little bit slow sometimes. We're a little bit stuck on our own plans. We're a little bit stuck on our own agendas. And, uh, and, and so God in his grace and in his mercy revealed the plan that he had made and the, the way that he executed that plan for us. Part of the plan was to unite all things and all people to him everywhere. Um, so everything is connected to him. He works all things according to his will. He, he raised Christ from the dead. The world has never seen anything more powerful than Easter morning. He raised Christ from the dead. He seated Christ at his right hand. Uh, Christ is far above every single ruler, every single power that ever ruled anywhere ever. All things are under the feet of Jesus. Um, all of life is built on him. 
Uh, Paul says it over and over and over again that God is completely and absolutely and totally powerful. So now we've got the combination, right? We've got God as being absolutely, completely, and totally loving, and he's absolutely, completely, and totally powerful. Power and love have been huge themes in these first three chapters, and power and love is going to be greatly needed in the next three chapters. Uh, Think about this, right? We need power. Paul's going to talk about how we need power to resist the evil one. We need, the, we need power to resist the devil. We need power to put down sinful patterns. We need power to pick up Jesus Christ and become more and more like him. We need power to build healthy communities. And we need love when we fail to resist the evil one. We need love when we pick those sinful patterns back up. We need love when we kind of walk away and put Jesus down for a season. We need love when our communities tend to look more like the world than they do like Jesus. Um, Back to our question that we've asked for every quadrant, how often do we treat God like God? Um, Maybe another way to ask that is just um, how often do we look at God as completely, totally, and perfectly loving, and at the same time, completely, totally, and absolutely powerful. From my perspective, it's awfully hard to keep God in that upper right quadrant. Anybody else struggle with that? Uh, sometimes sometimes we, we don't mean to. We probably don't do it intentionally. Uh, we probably don't do it for a long period of time even, but we tend to let our view of God drift into one of those other quadrants, and we treat God like a stranger. We don't pay much attention to him. He doesn't really love me. He can't help me. Maybe we treat God like a grandparent. We'll th- we are thankful for him. We are comfortable with him. It's nice that he loves me, but he has no real effect on my life. Um, we let God slip into that president quadrant. He can help me. He should help me. But we have to earn his attention. There's a lot of pressure and not much hope of, of performing well enough, and so we don't imagine that he actually will help us. It's easy to let God slip into one of these, from our worldly experiences, into one of these other quadrants. And so what, what Paul does here is he, he just simply prays. <laughs> he gets on his knees and he prays that God would, would that, that, that he would strengthen with power through the Holy Spirit. And he prays that they would be able to grasp God's love. He prays for power because he knows where absolute, complete, and total power comes from. He prays for power because he knows that they will need power in the days ahead. He prays for grasping God's love because he knows that no one and nothing else loves as absolutely or as completely or as totally as God does. I mean, just his amount of power and his amount of love are so far beyond our comprehension. And so Paul prays, God, will you, will you strengthen them with power through the Holy Spirit? God, will you, will you help them to grasp your love? I wonder what would happen if we, I wonder what would happen if we just started to pray those two things. I wonder what would happen if we started to pray those two things for somebody else. I wonder what would happen if we started to pray those two things for ourselves. I, I bet that we would 
that we would celebrate and stand in awe of, of the quadrant that God is in, that we would celebrate and stand in awe that God is completely and totally and perfectly powerful, and at the same time, totally and completely and absolutely loving. And I bet that we would probably even pray more often, knowing that he loves us and will hear us, and knowing that he can absolutely do something about it. And you know what? I, I bet that God would answer that prayer. Let's pray together. Father, we, um, we, we simply bow our knees and our hearts and our very lives to you. Um, we submit to you as our king. Uh, you are powerful. We come to you as our father, uh, our father who adopted us in love and is completely and totally loving. Will you please strengthen us with power through your Holy Spirit? We would love to be physically strong, uh, physically able, but we ask particularly that you would strengthen us with power um, in our inner being, that you would fill us with your spirit. Uh, we long to have more love and joy and peace. We long to overflow with, with kindness and goodness and patience and self-control. We long to be more faithful to you. Will you please strengthen us? Strengthen those listening today, those gathered, um, those engaging today. Uh, strengthen their inner being with power through your Holy Spirit. Will you strengthen them out of your riches, the abundance of your riches, the riches of your glory and your power? Father, would you expand our foundation? Would you expand our roots? Uh, fill us with more and more of your love. Help us to grasp the breadth and the depth, um, the width and the length and the height of your love. Help us to grasp something that is even beyond our grasp. Help us to grasp your love. Uh, Father, you are able. You are able to do far more than we could ask. You are able to do even far more than we could imagine. We love you. We give you the glory. We praise your great, glorious, good, and gracious name. Amen.